Cause I'm black, y'all. Cause I'm black, y'all. Cause I'm bliggity black to black black, y'all. I'm here with Amanda Seals. And she just taught me how to say quasar, not quasar. Give it up! (laughs) (laughs) This is huge. I'm super excited. I told, um, I want to be as polite as I can. I told this nigga when she came in here. I thought that she was six foot. I don't know if y'all know that about me. Um, I am extremely impressed with like intelligence and like school and stuff like that. My mother, the family that I'm raised in is all female. Everybody has some kind of education behind them. Um, I mean, my aunt is a chemist. Like, how many Ooh. black women chemists do we need? She 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 worked for the Duparts for years. Table. Shout out to Bernice Grimes. Um, my aunt has a master's degree in psychology. She has her own practice. My mother has been an LPN for a thousand years, but my mother is the smartest person I know in the world. Y'all remember? Oh, your mother's she LPN. Came. My mother's RN. What? Look at that. Look at Look us. Of us having things in common. And you know that that. That job is such a hard trying job, doubles yes. and triples, but it can afford you a certain kind of lifestyle. Um, yes, my, my mother, mom did weekends at nursing homes and doubles. My mother did geriatrics too. Mm-hmm. Did you ever talk to the people like in a dementia unit for fun? I I did not. Oh. I did not. Wow. My mom would say, <laughs> I would be calling my mother and harassing her at work. Mommy, can I get some chips? Mommy, can you order pizza? Mommy, and she would go hold on. Tom. This is this is her. This is Brenda. <laughs> and he would go, Brenda, I've been waiting on you by the lake. Yes. And I would talk to oh the fucking God. guy with dementia <laughs> for 20 minutes. Cause my mother's hilarious. But no. Um, I was telling Amanda, I you the way that I learn, the way I take things in, I've never been necessarily like a reader. I have ADD, I have attention deficit disorder. I think I do too. It's very you probably do. I um it's very hard for me to like lock into things. I have been in love with documentaries since I was about 14. Okay. And I learned a lot from them. Um, but then we got this special thing called Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. social media. And um, depending on who you follow or where you are, you can get some real pertinent information. You know, you are one that always gave it to me like I needed it to be got um just super intelligent super brave you know um I always and then I feel like you do a good job of putting things in the simpler terms right so of course you got your big words you got whatever whatever but you can kind of talk to the you know the people in a way that and I get that compliment myself although you know we all have our own insecurities and things like that when I think about when I speak the way I want to speak, you are who I think about. I told you earlier, like, I would wish I could be, like, at a press conference. I'm sitting there, and then you, like, get up at me. And I turn <laughs> into you for a second, speak like you, then it go away. And I'm like, yeah, bitch, blah, 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 blah. But I just want to compliment you on your big brain. You know, you're Thank smart. You. You're smart. Chick. That means a lot. Yeah. Is it hard being smart in 2022? Yeah, because yeah. I think... Um, we are in the, I not I think, I know that we are in what I call the age of idiocy. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just a lot of people who are talking out their neck mm-hmm. um, unfettered, mm-hmm. you know, just, just, bah, 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 mm-hmm. and feeling very empowered to do so because other people with more power mm-hmm. are doing the same thing. Like when we had a president that was really just out here acting an ass, Spooky like times everybody's like, well, shit. I guess I can act an ass too. And then maybe I'll become president. Right. So <laughs> I think that's really kind of the thing. And I just, 
we we're also seeing the result of less like critical thinking not really being mm. like touted as important we're seeing the result of like our education system not really showing up for teachers and mm -hmm. so teachers aren't able to show up the way they want to for their students so like we're just we see the result of that when we look on the internet mm -hmm. um but i will say that i have hope because i really thought after this election like i genuinely was like we we're about to descend into a new level of darkness mm -hmm. and I just was so relieved to see that it wasn't, it's not amazing, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it was. And America wasn't as heartless. It's this, this place is still not, we, we still don't center education the way we should, mm. but it wasn't as heartless as I thought it was, which is really what people are voting for when they vote for, you know, these folks that, say very clearly that we don't care about women. We don't care about black people. We don't right. care about immigrants. We don't care about you and your kids. We don't care about any of these things. We care about corporations and our money, mm. you know? So to answer your question, yes, I think it's hard for anybody who is smart in an environment where that is not considered to be like a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I've been in environments, I've been in both, you know? I mean, it's not like, a, I think sometimes it sucks when people try and make it like you're elitist if you're smart and it's like, yeah. Anybody trying to be elitist? I'm just not trying to have dumb conversations. I don't like small talk. Yeah, I hate your chat. I want to start at medium talk. Yeah, yeah. I, for me, I mean, because I'm a, I'm a real bitch. I'm very open. It's intimidating. It can be intimidating, especially, in, but it's all about what you think of yourself. Yeah. So being that I have an insecurity about how I speak, right? And it's so because, I. The, and, and I think people don't understand, it's like when millions of people mm -hmm. are hanging on your every word mm -hmm. or criticizing it right mm -hmm. sometimes you'll pick that up you know yeah. but with me prior to that I remember being a kid and everybody would be talking and I would say excuse me I was well and I was and I remember I turned around and say you gotta just jump in because they would be talking about every and, and the conversations were always about um like politics and climate change and this and that it was it was always some deep shit but I always had something to say and I remember being able to do that and hang on and I could make a point and then a funny mm -hmm. I'm like oh nigga this is I'm it in I'm in but now at this point I shared with Amanda earlier about what my mother said is that I had to do my due diligence is I have a response of fucking ability to know what I'm talking about it's a total different thing when you got all these motherfuckers like hanging on your every word and in some kind of way I've amassed this like these young girls yeah and that shit is like you bitches listen to me like they ask me for advice and they take it <laughs> like I'm open with like I don't know what I'm doing but what I represent for a lot of people and I think you do too is like the freedom to say what you want to say you know and like the balls like to like stand on it to mean it but you know what let me just rein that in because I feel like there's a lot of conversation I'm seeing about like freedom of speech. Oh God. And it's really just people thinking that you can say what you want mm -hmm. and that there shouldn't be any consequences for saying what you want. Bro. And I had said on my Instagram, like anybody who think that ain't been punched in the face before mm -hmm. because that at the end of the day, you know, there's a saying that says uh, lessons learned and lessons not learned in blood are easily forgotten. Mm -hmm. You can't just say whatever you want. Well, what's the other one? Fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. Mm -hmm. You can't just say what you want. 
And you also need to know that if you're going to say, you better be able to stand on it. Amanda. Yes, ma'am. These niggas will walk down on you and ask you about what you said. When you're in a public forum, you could be at Target. What you going to do when the bitch come and ask you what you going to do? And that's what I'm saying. The bravery. I said what I said and I meant that. And this is why. And I don't think people understand what comes with that because people don't always like what the fuck you say. No. And, and, and people will buck at you. People will. No, I got to the luck. hugest. I know y'all might be a bit tired of hearing about it. <laughs> Debate <laughs> on social media because somebody I follow who is of Latin descent said, I wish you guys value your lives a little more. Shut the fuck up. Show over. Wrap it up. <laughs> Thanks for joining the Don't Call Me White Girl show. I but wish they valued their lives a bit fucking more because you know how many Latinos are out here like, go Trump, go Trump, who like want this fucking dictatorship. You know how many Latinos don't give a fuck about black people because they want to be white so bad that they have assigned themselves to that whiteness? Give me a fucking conversation about I wish you cared about your life so bad, so much. How many are, are they also talking about the migrants who are trying to come across this border and are putting their lives at stake and their children's lives at stake? Are they talking about them? Because they care about their lives, but they also know that this is what it is. And for black people, we know what it is. I don't like that. Who was that? Well, I can't really discuss it. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that this person is in the beauty industry. And I would say out of 100 clients, 99 of them are black. And because when she says something like that, that's mm, othering. Elna, listen, on a public, on the main page, um, do you do you see what Lakeith Stanfield said? I try not to. What All right. Say? He said something. It was regarding Takeoff's death. And it was summed up to hip hop is trash, turn it off, take off is dead because of rap. Niggas, we need to stop listening to rap. That's the root of our problems. It's the rap music. And um, we need to value ourselves, something like that. She copied it, pasted it, reposted it, and made the caption. I wish that you niggas loved yourself a bit more. Well, <laughs> Lakeith is an incredible actor. That's it. So, um, I. Listen, at this point, I've decided I'm not going to waste my time in some of these conversations because motherfuckers don't really want to learn. They don't no, want to find not. out. People have the freedom of speech shit twisted and they don't understand that that shit goes a whole hell of a lot way. When I responded to this girl and I literally I didn't say like, bitch, I whoop your ass. Or, bitch, <laughs> it was simple as, hey, you can't say that. It's sis. not. Yeah, you out of line. You can't say that. And this is a horrible time to say that. And let me tell you why you can't say that. And OK. And her response was. I fucked three niggas last year. My nephews are niggas. I listen to niggas all day long. I got all the dark skin people foundation. And that's why I can say it. And it was horrible. And then so it went what, to, So what about like, what about like the MS-13? <laughs> and then, and then it went I just, to, I, the, the hypocrisy is astounding. Why are you attacking me? Of course. You sending your followers to attack me. This is violent. Demona, people know me. People in the, you know, somebody walks up to me and punches me because you're pushing this narrative because I pass for white and you think I'm white. And you should understand because you pass for white. You of all people should know what it feels like to pass for white. Bitch, what? What the fuck is white passing? What is that? I pass for white? It's 2022 also. Oh, you niggas. I, I don't like that. 
I've had enough. I don't like that. I've decided that I'm not going to engage in conversations with stupid people. If I feel on the other end that you don't want to learn anything out this conversation. Relieve yourself. We done, baby. Relieve because yourself. I had, listen, I'm still trying to get my son to wipe his ass good. Okay. He's still streaking the drawers, baby. Okay. He ain't wearing ethicas. They $20 a piece. Yeah. You can't do to in them. You got, and I you ain't know trying what? to embarrass him, but he don't wipe his ass good. And he so probably gets got it from his father. other things to focus on. Way more important things. <laughs> I don't want your niece to be fucking, girl, look at his nigga drawers. And that's my that's, son. Yeah. I fuck, don't call me right, girl, son. He has streaks in his drawers. How dare I be a part of that? So I'm teaching my kid how to maybe... Wet the tissue before he wipes mm. his ass. Wipes. Dry it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Muslims call it stinger, the practice of spraying your ass with water. Okay. And wiping and drying. That's where I'm at. I'm not trying to educate some 33-year-old woman well, that's not trying to teach her women. You're not trying to teach men. her how to wipe her ass because she's full of shit. If you saw the side of this girl's ass, <laughs> just let's stop it. Let's be mature as much as we can. But, and I, and I encourage y'all to do that at home because I did share it and my followers were going crazy writing paragraphs and shit like that. But it's like, it's draining. The yeah, but that's the thing about this whole freedom of speech thing, right? She had the full freedom to say what yes. she wanted to say. And those people also have the full freedom to respond. Yes. And so that's why there's a thoughtfulness that you have to have about what you say. And you better be able to stand on it. When people come for me, I don't engage with them nine times out of ten just because I'm like, I know what I said. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't say the shit flippantly. I didn't say the shit thoughtlessly. You trying to come and change my mind or whatever, whatever. You wasting your time mm -hmm. because I'm not somebody who's out here saying shit just to say shit. But right. there are a lot of people who yes. are. And I think that that was a part of because another thing that I because it's just some things that I see on the Internet a lot. And it, and it bothers me so much. Even some of my peers, there's people that I've worked with and I've watched them write stuff like. Um, this is why we need Trump. And it's like, yo, not only do I not want to work with you anymore, bitch, I don't even want to speak to you anymore now. There is this really huge misconception in the ghetto. A lot of people feel because there were some may say free money out they attribute that to donald trump the thing about it is we're americans television raises us and our children you know and donald trump is a tv star and he's also um some might call him charismatic or you know i don't know donald trump reminds me of like you ever see like a turd on the ground and there's something in it so it catch your eye because you think is that corn that's <laughs> what i would say about what donald trump does for me i know who Donald Trump is. I knew who he was when he got in office. I was never like impressed by him. I never really, I did laugh at the China. I did, that was it. That was the one I liked, the little China, that one. But other than that, I didn't really like enjoy any of it. You know what I mean? Um, I remember coming to Jersey and wiping out those small businesses and making those people file bankruptcy when, you know, when he blew all that smoke up at them people's asses. Yeah. White people. You know, fucking their financial um, yeah. situations up with, um, you know, coming in and not finishing what he had to do with the casinos and shit. I know that about Donald Trump. I remember the Central Park Five and his letter that he wrote and put in the newspaper. Right. And so it's like it. And I remember watching a documentary about him, him calling a journalist saying, hey, I represent Donald Trump and a journalist saying is this you, Donald? And him hanging up. He's a loser, right? Yeah. He's a loser that comes from a family with a couple of dollars. You know, you know what I mean? You know what, though? You know who likes him? Losers. Oh. Like, we know, like, you Quick. know. It just went. Because <laughs> like, it's like, realize. oh, like, I see myself in you. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's really what it is because they see 
that he got over. Mm-hmm. And they like, that means I can get over too. Bro. And how many losers have we met? But he got over with a with a very, very rich daddy. You, Jerome, are not getting over that way. I don't give a fuck what your social security check looks like from your father. You know? It's like at the end of the day, it bothers me that people people think about him and they think money or they think like abundance or they think he like, literally is a terrible business person. Like the worst <laughs> ever. It's like like if fact, he had a trap, <sighs> that trap would have to close. What are you niggas selling the money? Like really? We have to shut down the trap. Like no, it's, I mean, time and time again, business venture after business venture after business. Failing. No, legit. If he was Failing. a hustler, he would have been murked already because he would never have been he able to pay it back. He would have been able to react. Them bricks, he would have. Listen, yes. and it's like the fact that some of my peers say shit like that is just like, what the fuck? And after you say shit like that, I'm like, you can't come back to the show. We can't text. <laughs> we can't talk. It's that serious it to me is. because you. I love that it's that serious for you. I don't yo, think it's serious enough for people. Listen, th- that motherfucker got. He put a certain energy in the air. I always say he made that, you know, that scary white motherfucker that catch you in traffic and goes nigger and pulls off. And sometimes they get caught at the light and they stuck. Yep. And they say fuck it and run the light because they don't know if you're going to jump out. Yes. Dumps to jump out. Yes. Dumps to jump out. Right. That's what he brung out. He gave those motherfuckers heart. I know. And that's some dangerous when shit. When I saw Confederate flags flying in the Bronx. Yo. I was like, oi. Okay. But, you know, the good thing is that there's niggas like us and we have platforms and At we don't shut the, the day, fuck up. It's it, because and I, and I feel like, you know, it's going to be a time where I, I don't know if I should say this, but it's like. God might have to come delete podcasts. It's too many. It's too many of us here. <laughs> Everybody has the setup, and these niggas are just bleh, that dookie out the mouth, just constantly. You constantly. know what though? I follow a page on Instagram called the Tennessee Holla, and like they do a lot of political stuff that's happening, like just in Tennessee, but also just in general. But regardless, their 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 bio says, "Yell the truth," mm. and I just love that small little statement because. That's really what it has to be at this point. We have to yell the truth. Mm. I think for a lot of us, there was a very big energy of like, oh, they dumb over there talking. Yeah. You know? And so then let me preserve my energy Mm. and not even engage, right? Like you said earlier, there is a certain level of self-preservation that you have to have about engaging with folks that are just committed to not knowing. Mm. And But when you're in your space, it has to be like a very committed intention to just being loud about not going along with the fuck shit. You know, mm. like when I do stand up, I'm on stage and I'm talking about, you know, the difference between hood niggas and niggas in front and niggas from the hood. You know, I'm talking about relationships, but I'm also making time to talk about Roe v. Wade and talk about gun control and talk about this, this fish looking niggas, Clarence Thomas. And like, it's, because I feel like it's the responsibility that yo, I have yo. to do that because we got to yell the truth because these folks are so loud with the misinformation yeah. that we got to like challenge them. Yo, it. Okay, because I don't want to go too far. Okay. I was going to say, I felt I don't want this to be a whole interview about politics because I want to have fun. Baby, the black on black crime thing. Eh. I can't sleep. Okay. I'm losing sleep about it. Um, and the reason why I'm losing sleep about it because the number one person that bought that shit is my people. Mm-hmm. 
I, I did a, a Black Lives Matter rally because I'm an activist. Mona X. I don't know if you heard of me. Um, my grandmother told me I was going to be an activist when I was like nine years old. To stand in front of a sea of people and, and do the first the first of its kind in, this, in the city of Wilmington, Delaware, was huge for me, right? I've never felt like that before. I've, it's something that I want to do. But I understand how hard it is. I just watched an interview with, I think her name is Tamika Mallory. Tamika Mallory. And, I mean, for the love of God, it pushed her to addiction. I mean, she had a rough ride with yeah. that. Um, and I and it, and it is so much pressure. I remember getting my daughter ready and making her poster and then having like about 10 different messages from the mayor's office saying, the mayor's telling the state police to shoot y'all, to kill y'all. Please don't take your baby there, Mona. It's not safe. Maybe you shouldn't go. Like, it's a different kind of um, thing yeah. when you, you know, it's just, it's a whole different beast. I came here to be funny and to have fun, but it, I cannot, I can't sleep. It's, it, it bothers me that more than anything my people believe that I did that rally right and, and when the crowd left and everybody hugged me and, and just did so many wonderful things I had an older woman that knew me since I was a kid and she stood by my car and she said I can't fucking believe you just lied to them people like that black on black crime does exist these knuckleheads and I lost my grandson and, did it. and it's like but, but cut it 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 When they say black on black crime, they say it within the connotation that there isn't also Asian on Asian crime, that there isn't also white on white crime. There is proximity crime, right? Like that's simply the facts. Mm -hmm. You are going to be more likely to get into it with the people you live next to mm -hmm. than you are with the people in the neighborhood over there, mm -hmm. right? Now... If you have a nation that has systematically confined black folks to certain areas mm. through segregation, mm. has also systematically limited black folks from being able to ascend by prop with property ownership, with education access, with uh, job freedom, with disenfranchisement due to an overwhelmingly um skewed justice system mm. then how are you not gonna have black people harming other black people mm. it is by design mm -hmm. so when we talk about the reality of black on black crime we cannot do so in a bubble in a vacuum that doesn't include the myriad of ways this country has made efforts to ensure that black people harm each other. And then on top of it, when we don't do it to ourselves, they make sure they're right there to do it to us. Mm -hmm. So miss me with the concept of quote unquote, black on black crime as some sort of um, explanation, Miss me with the term black on black crime being used to describe black people harming black people because we are less caring about our lives mm. or because we are Monsters. more savage, et cetera, et cetera. That's completely a, a myopic and like real reductive way of looking at shit. I almost feel like that I am on a campaign to to just tell people about it. I don't think. But I'm you know, very in tune with my with my fans, with my people. And I mean, some of them just they just didn't know. So no, it's like yeah. how often, how long and how loud are we gonna have to yell that part? Because that's self-hate for, for the rest of our lives. That's what you need to know. Yeah, I don't, I don't we got uh, baby, you're gonna be 
well, hopefully you won't have to clean up shitty drawers. So, you know, that's one responsibility. I was thinking changing my name to fuck it, call me white girl. Because it's a <laughs> lot of struggle for love of God. People, you know what I mean? I could just go Listen, to the other side. Angela Davis is still like at protest. It's still like, it doesn't stop until it's, it cha- like it doesn't stop because the culture and the value system hasn't changed. We in a place that ain't never said slavery. We shouldn't have done that. Like culturally, we ain't never said that. There's been individuals who have been like, that yeah, was fucked up. But like America as a society has never said we are doing black people dirty. We did black people dirty and we need to like switch the game up. Amanda, never. Why? <laughs> why if 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 everyone knows right that for the most part a majority of the people that were wronged in some kind of way they got some kind of reparation right and being that it was written in that we were supposed to get our 40 acres and more and then essentially kind of written out and we didn't get it also being that we're still like way behind and shit is still fucked up right why are we going to get it i mean just, i got why it. are I we got, you said why are we going to get it or why no when are we going to get it? Because I can't get another PP loan. I'm going to get in trouble. You know what I mean? <laughs> I took it. I've taken my We're not going to get it until we, um, until we get it. I think there's a lot of folks that think access to whiteness and access to um, money is the, let me take that back. I think there's a lot of folks that think individual access to money, individual access to like white spaces, they consider that to be like an advancement. They consider that to be progress. What? Yeah. And you know, that's the difference. That's the value system. When we the talk acres. about when we talk about a black middle. community, you know, we're not we're not a black community at this point in the way that I think we once were. We're very, very splintered in terms of like what we see us deserving and what we see as oppressive, right? I think at one point in time, and I may be romanticizing this, but at one point in time, I think there was a very much more cohesive view of black people around the nation saying like, this shit is fucked up, this shit is fucked up, and this shit is fucked up, and we should all like be against that. And I don't think that that's the case at this present time. I think a lot of people got money and they like, what's the problem? (laughs) You you know, like, and I think, I think a lot of people, um, you know, really believe the hype about just like white bullshit. But what I really want to see though, is just more willingness for us to listen to each other. Mm. And, I when I do my show Smart Funny and Black, you know, I say in the show like this is a community. When I do my radio show, the Amanda Seal show, I end every episode saying we are each other's business. When we look out for each other, we lift each other up because I think that's something that we have been really really a subject of. And I wouldn't lie, I think these bots on this internet be doing a really effective job too mm-hmm. of like dividing and conquering. And I just want to see us as a unit come to get on the same page about things in a, in a more effective way. Yeah. And that's where that, that I think that, cause we not get, these people came 
over here for a couple reasons, right? You had a group of the, the Puritans came over because they was on some wild shit. And even the white people over there was like, we ain't fucking That's with y'all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was Way like, we ain't. Much. So they came over here on that and they was talking about they're so Christian, but yet they over here and, you know, got rid of all of these natives, right? Mm. The Native American people that were here already. Then you had the people who literally just came over here like, what's going on over here? Oh, this is ours now. These are not like, these are not the descendants of like, like valued, you know, ethical mm -hmm, people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so the mm -hmm. same way that we have like trauma, PTSD in our DNA, they got shitty fucking value wow. non-ethics in their DNA. Never thought about it like that. They didn't come over here on some like, let's increase the bountiful nature of this place. Like, no, then they like. Because white people don't really have a culture. The oppression. Wow. That's the culture of whiteness. Demonic. That's the culture of whiteness, oppression. Whiteness was not created for any other reason than to oppress. There's cultures within whiteness. There is. I feel like if I was white, I would be. Like, I would be, fuck you. Like, I would, there would be, if I was a white woman, there would be nothing in me that felt for anybody who had any empathy. In fact, I, it would slide through my head. My grandmother probably owned yours. Let me tell you something. But that being said, though. When you do find these white women who are co-conspirators, because there's levels of whiteness. Uh -huh. When you find a white woman who are co-conspirators, there is nothing a white woman on a mission cannot get done. What? And if there were enough white woman co-conspirators, this whole country would turn around. Mm -hmm. But there's just too many of them that are still voting, you know, to make their white men in power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... You know, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna beat you up, beat you in the head with it, but I, I do feel like, like it just, it just makes me want to like slam my face into the wall sometimes. Oh. It, it bothers me. It, it because I feel like it's so, and in, in the person that bought it the most are my people, and it, just, it hurts my feelings a bit when the Elon Musk thing happened with Twitter, and it was like the first thing was like, oh great, you niggers, I finally get to tell you how I feel, <laughs> you fucking niggers, right? It's like we're still here in 2022. I, I dated a gamer, you know, guys that play video games. Mm -hmm. And when you play video games, that would you say that's a part of it? When people lose, they get upset. They say, wow, you fucking nigger. Why didn't you get the AK and do the hit right? We don't grant that auto. But I'm a dumb nigger because I didn't get the right prostitute and bounce the car, race, whatever the fuck y'all do on 2K or whatever you do. <laughs> but that's but that's a part of it. And, and we're here in 2022 still being hated for just being existing. Um, I don't know. And it's like, it, it's beyond frustrating, but I, but I could kind of, like, I could deal with it from them. Like, it's like, I expect that of them. I don't expect it of you, Shaquita. And the fact that we're debating in my DM about, about, about black on black. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but then you, there's like a certain level of grace that you try to give my sometimes. Man. Sometimes I, you know, I try my best to give the grace of like, well, you know, the brainwashing, it was effective and it, it, and also, it got, people got caught up. Yo, you from the trenches and you've been watching niggas die your whole life and that's all you know, that's all you see. I can understand. Yes. I can sympathize with you, but still, I need because you to know I, you don't know enough black people to be thinking that way. Because I think there's also like, in that context, like you need an explanation because it's like, why the fuck are so many of us dying? Mm hmm Right. So it's like like as humans, we like require we require some type of explanation. That's what religion is. Mm -hmm. We need some type of order 
to make shit make sense. Right. You know, because without it, it feels like you're just at the behest of whatever the fuck. And yeah. so I think for a Hope. lot of people, that right there makes it make sense. Like, okay, all of my peers are getting caught up because black on black crime. Okay, now I've got something to sink my right. teeth into. Right. And it's and it's um but it's a misnomer. Yeah. You know, and it's unfortunate. And then you get us and we sit up here, particularly, I feel like then I sit up here and I say, I talk my shit and then it becomes like, well, you just talking over, you know, you're not in the trenches. You're not there. So who the fuck is you to run your fucking mouth? And I'm like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I'm from La Ghetto and I'm I burying mean, friends still. Black on black crime isn't real. It's a lie. It is though. It's a lie all It's a the fabrication. Time. And the person that bought it the most is your black ass right now getting irritated that we're having this conversation because you bought it. And it's like some white force that's like, we got him again. Ha <laughs> ha. It is true though. That's they are how definitely I feel about it. They're they're playing a whole different video game. Yo, this shit. <laughs> I mean, they're like, look at you, dumb niggers. You should have made the cow bounce. You yeah, should have made the car bounce. Uh, yikes. All right, whatever. I met you on MTV. That's where I found you. Oh um, my gosh. And I love you. I was you so lots. young and dumb. Yeah. Well, yeah. So <laughs> Being that you've been in more than one industry, how do you feel about the music industry or entertainment industry on that side versus where you are now? Mona coming with the questions. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. So I just started this radio show. Uh, shout out to 100.3 WRB. And, and you are here. In yes, we are here in Philadelphia as our, our first station. <laughs> Can I come on? Yeah, right. I would love to have you. Call oh my gosh, me, I would me, love to have you. And if you don't, and if you don't live in Philadelphia, you can hear the the radio show every day on podcasts. So it's the Amanda Seal Show wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Um, but I came back to radio. I started in I started in radio back when I was leaving college. So it was my first job out of college. But I've been in TV for a really long time. I've been SAG since ninety four. Nickelodeon. Yes. So I've been TV since I was eight. In TV since I was eight, and then I went in the music business when I got out of when I was in school and when I got out of school. And I started, how does that happen though as an eight year old? Was that your mother? Yeah, because we literally, I was in Orlando and my mom one morning like was like, she saw a, an audition for a Disney show in the newspaper and was like, oh, let's go to this audition. And I remember saying, you just want me to go for you. I don't even know where the fuck I got that from. Wow. And she was like, yeah, get dressed and let's go. Mm. And so we went and I, it was like 1500 kids and, and I got it. And it was like, must be Santa, must be Santa, you know, and you had to do the little choreography, but you know what? Shout out to my mom because she never said, she never made that shit like the center of my universe. Mm. It was just a part of the orbit. Mm. Like even that there was a callback in the end of the day. So like we went in the morning and then they were like, okay, you made it to the next round. You got to go to the callback. I think most parents would be like, all right, we're going to go like sit in the parking lot or, you know, we're going to go home and practice the steps. Mm. We went to like my mom's friend's house who had a pool and let me swim in the pool. You know what I mean? Like it was like, okay, let's carry on with the Sunday that we had originally planned. Right. And then I went back and I ended up getting it. And that was like the story of like how I always dealt with the, the the entertainment business. It's never been the center of my universe. Mm. It's always been a thing I do, but not a thing I'm of, right? Wow, yeah. um, and so when I got in the music business, I'm, I'm a hip hop head. 
Me too. Like to the core. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people at this point in my career don't really know that about me. Um, well, tell them, Amanda. I mean, what you want to do? Like, do we want to do? Do I need to rap the entire Mob Deep the Infamous album? Like, do I need to do it? But you want a freestyle? <laughs> I mean, I used I don't to be know nice. If... I used to be nice. I do. I always had two verses in my back pocket. I will say. I mean, um, I mean, I always did you not see me at the BET Cipher? I did. That was me spitting bars. I didn't fuck around. Drove a car. I'm gonna stop there. <laughs> no, it's crazy because. <laughs> When you are a real hip hop head, right, and you come from where we come from in that in the age of, we saw when rap came out, and it's like, what is this? What is that thing? To oh my god, what is this? What is that yes. thing? To global yes. takeover. This is it. We run the world. So I saw that when I was in late, like I entered the music business at that time, like wow. late. Uh, sorry, early 2000s mm -hmm. is when shit yeah. really took over, right? Yeah. That's when like Hard Knock Life went like Diamond and mm -hmm. Eminem. When and they could do these big tours yes. with these arenas. That's when shit yes. changed. Yeah. And so that was a really like wild, like dope time to be a part of that. And like when I was on MTV, I'm interviewing Hove and Nas and LL and everybody that I like looked up to. Did you interview DMX? Many times. I interviewed DMX many times. What's his funeral cry? Of course. I was crushed by that. Um, when I graduated from Columbia, I got my master's at Columbia. And the day I came to work and they had gotten me a cake. And I had to interview X that day. And the cake was in the studio. And he came in the studio and was like, what up? Uh, <laughs> and I was like, hello, Mr. X. And then he saw the cake. And um, even though the, the cake did say, congratulations, Amanda, um, but he thought the cake was for him. And so he put his hand in the cake and he ate the cake. And ate he it. scooped it and ate it. That he scooped so it. And cool. I was like, X, that was my cake. And he was like, congratulations. Um, <laughs> and I was like, all right. But then now I have that story. Yeah. But, you know, X, all these folks, like, for me, like, getting to be in that space was, like, low-key like spiritual like yeah. it was real and then at a certain time it just stopped feeling like that mm. and i knew that it was time to go yeah and so that's when i pivoted and started like looking for the next path and that's when i found myself in comedy did you lose any love for hip-hop with that one thousand percent wow. you know what it was because the business started making me hate the music because mm. once i started doing my own music and like trying to navigate that space and having people tell me like well you can't rap and sing who does that you know <laughs> which by the way hilarious yeah. <laughs> and and just like the idea that like talent didn't matter was like wild to me yeah like for, yeah. as a woman it was just like that's irrelevant like what's your story what are you willing to you know give to this and i felt like in order for me to be successful in music the way that I, at the level i considered to be success I would have had to give up more of me than I was willing to. Mm. And so then, you know, kind of just like, I'm a really big believer. Like I, 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 uh, I receive omens, you know, people say shit to me and I hear it, you mm. know, I filter it through. I'm not a stubborn person by any means. Mm -hmm. And I knew that it was time to come back to TV. Cause there was just a lot of people just kind of, that, that just kept getting sprinkled into my aura. And I knew that I wanted to do that. Even though I was hosting and stuff, I just knew there was more for me. Mm -hmm. But I'll say all this to answer your question. TV then became, at this point in my life, TV has become a space that doesn't feel like a 
creative outlet for me. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like a place where I can be my full self. And so that doesn't make it, val it doesn't feel valuable to me. Mm. That's why like getting to do this radio show, like I get to be my full authentic self. You doing this podcast, you get to be your full authentic self. Every and I Wednesday. had to, I had to come to the realization that I was kind of chasing these, these like benchmarks in TV that were for other people mm. and that were for shit that, that were for other people who don't care about being there. Mm -hmm. Like, they, like that's not. How do I say it? Some people don't even have it. They don't have it. They just, it's not what they, that's not their, their reason for doing the shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and so, um, you know, TV will find its way. Like there's like, I want to do a game show. Like that's really what I want right now. I would love to do a game when show. When you talk about Smart and Funny, that's what it sounds like well, to Smart me. Funny, Smart Funny and Black is a game show. Okay. I don't know that I would ever want to do Smart Funny and Black on TV until the deal is that y'all give me a check and then I give you a show. Right. Because it's so special it's too, and creative and unique. And it's too and black. yours. And it's too black. I love it. And I can't put that in other people's hands. Mm. And I've 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 tried to they're gonna fuck it up. Well, they've already tried. Down. I mean, I sold it to this network, True TV, and they were like, So we'd love to have Michael Rappaport do the introductions so that our white what? audience <laughs> So that our white audience can feel like more in tune. And then I had Are this one exec. shitting me? This one exec was like, yeah, you know, uh, we just want to make sure we're not doing a show just for black people. Why not? Why not? It was wild. And they don't know by now that it, nobody enjoys it, them it. more than whites. They love say everything it. about us. Listen, I had a conversation um, with my OG, triple OG in this shit, right? And um, he was like championing for me, for me to get a job or whatever. And he said, you know, Mona, it's some people that come from where we come from and look like how we look. And, and they have... Um, I don't know how you say escaped it or I don't know, triumphed through it or whatever, but they're educated. They're well-spoken. You wouldn't know by speaking to them where they're from. You know, they don't wear it on their sleeve, mm -hmm. I guess. Um, to me, it, you're like whitewashed and watered down, but I don't, that's no shade to you because like I said, the family I come from, my mother is extremely well-spoken. So are my aunts, but they're not watered down. They still are them. They're from North Philly, right? But those people they are scared of me, what I am and what I represent. Um, it's almost like like you're in this little box and it's like they look inside of it. Wow, I love this. I love this. But nobody else can't see me looking at this. Like this is my hidden pleasure. Like this is, oh, this is mm. too wild, it's too ghetto, it's too much. And those people kind of gatekeep and those who, they keep niggas like me out. And I didn't realize how how much that shit happens until kind of recently. And the part that confuses me the most is because if anybody enjoys, don't call me white girl, it's a white girl. Like they love this shit. Like they eat it up. <laughs> you know, with my loud, loud, rowdy ghetto ass. They like it. You but know? it's the same. It's the same. Like it's the same thing with me being like so loudly pro-black, right? Mm -hmm. Like, the white girls are loving the they loudly. Love they're it. like, oh my God, you, may, you might be a strong black woman. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. At the end of the day, authenticity always trumps everything. Yes. Right? And I feel like a lot of folks can't recognize what authenticity is because they are inauthentic. Right. And so a it lot of people scary. In, and a lot of people in this business, that's the thing. They're yeah. they're inauthentic. They're very scary. So I've I've had to really this last year and a half has been a really um 
just kind of an eye opening year for me, two years for me and in realizing like where I want the next phase of my life as an artist to go and understanding that I need to be independent and understanding that my energy should never be about trying to appeal to or get the attention of these machines. It really should be about the fans. And for mm. a long time, I had it twisted because they, you know, this, the, the industry makes you feel like what you need to be doing is attracting the industry. Mm. And that's not actually it. Fuck no, you want the streets. Listen, because the industry is trying to get to the streets. Period. And that's the thing that is, to me is so stupid. It's like, even when you get into numbers, because people are so big on following, how many people follow you have before? It's like, that shit don't mean nothing. The, uh, uh, the, the true influencer, the true motherfucker that can shake the room. I went viral last year with um, something where I'm saying, why you, why you being weird to me? Mm -hmm. That shit started to be a pickup line like that was like an icebreaker you know mm -hmm. you'll throw that in or whatever we were my friend of mine was in LA and she's eating pizza and the salt and pepper shaker say mong 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 right <laughs> from this girl all the way on the other side from Philadelphia with some straight bags in and a missing side too <laughs> I think the reason why things are working for me now because this happened kind of late in life and I never knew I wanted to do this or I could do this is because me being on the timeline Without a BBL, with a missing tooth, and my wig off, three lashes on, mm. 11 on the other side, but being <laughs> totally free to say what I got to say, right? Talking my shit, maybe talking about you and your lashes, right? You come back, I'm out, I'm taking it, boom, I'm from Philly. We call it bidding. People say roasting. Mm -hmm. Yo, we raped my grandmother, would bid on me seven in the morning. Look at your crusty ass. You had to know how to do this. You know, it made my skin thicker. It gave me a certain type of, you know, blah, 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 boom. But I think it was refreshing to women that see the same body and the same build and the same hair and the same eyes, you know, all the time. It was like, damn, I want to be like that too. I want to be able to make a video on my bonnet because there's so many women that was like a statement whole time. I just got some shit to say. And I'm not about to get my hair done and forget because I got ADD. That's nigga, literally and I'm gonna why fuck up the flow of that's that shit. Literally boy. why I end up in my bonnet on a video. I'm not, that, like I learned early on like I'm not about to sit here and get right you gonna fuck the flow up girl I got the thought happening right now I gotta give it to you how it is doobie rap on mm -hmm. um so you would say that you because we were talking a little earlier and I want to keep talking about it you you're not from the ghetto la ghetto no do you feel like and you really do feel like people feel like you can't have certain statements or you can't say certain things or you don't know what's going on because you're not from the ghetto and not only you're not from the ghetto you smart, bitch. Smart ass, not from the ghetto ass, bitch. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think that's that's definitely a sentiment for some people. Um, you know, I think for what it's worth, like it, it comes from this idea that if you haven't experienced something, then you shouldn't speak to it in any type of way. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that is completely fair. You know, like I'll have people say things like you shouldn't ever speak about, you know, kids because you don't have a kid and mm -hmm. i'm like okay but like a lot of y'all's kids teachers don't have kids yeah. like d is their opinion not right valid like mm -hmm. i think we have to 
move past those type of things and identify people as the individuals they are. I have a lot of common fucking sense. Mm -hmm. You can see that. But that's the thing. Now, listen, I'm coming from, I am a street bitch. And I, and I, listen, wear it, cool with it, fell in the whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't come from that necessarily. I come from two different sides. My father did 10 years in prison. Um, a lot of my people on my father's side went to jail in and out or whatever and my mother they were all educated women and my mother didn't break laws because she don't like the police like I don't want to talk to these <laughs> I don't niggas talk to therefore that. <laughs> I'm not doing anything to make me have to interact with these right. people I think I had a full a good like of both, I remember when the recession came um, in 2008, like I said, my mother had been a nurse her whole life. She was on her third house at the time. It was her largest like cash investment. She had sold a house prior to that and made $99,000, took that money and bought the next house for $300,000 and lost everything. Mm. Um, this share and it, and the thing about the recession that was so crazy was that everybody was going through the same thing at the same time, and there were no, um, it wasn't any, it wasn't any compassion, any sympathy. It wasn't a program, right? So it's like they didn't look at a person like my mother that has worked since probably thirteen or fourteen, paid taxes since eighteen, right? Literally the American dream, which you're yeah, supposed to do to get the white straps. picket fence, bootstraps. Grabbed them, pulled them shits up, worked her whole fucking life, did everything the way she was supposed to. She even married her raggedy ass baby daddy, you know, did the whole thing, right? For people at the top to fuck that paper up. That's what we say in the street. We fuck that paper up. We fuck that whole thing up. For them to be the ones to fuck it up and us to suffer at the bottom the most. And a person like her, my mother looked at me and said, I understand why you break the law, you and your friends. Like I, like right then and there, it clicked to her why we lived on the other side uh -huh. of life. Um, it's a certain respect for a law for the law that people in the street don't have. You grow up and you see the people that are supposed to be doing the right things, doing the wrong things. You kind of lose that feeling of, okay, this person can save me. This yeah. person is here to help me. Um, it, I've always looked at the law like, you know, it's just a thing. You know, it's a thing. It's a hustle. You know, it's a way that, but I never, it never. It's a choice. It, and it never morphed into me. I know people that will morph the law into God and, you know, the Ten Commandments oh, and you shouldn't why? steal. I For a long time, that's what I did for a living. No, I you stole. shouldn't steal from certain folks. Baby, but a corporation <laughs> who's going to write that thing off. I remember reading an article in um some type of financial magazine where uh, Walmart did us. better. They did better with the insurance money they got from shoplifting. Almost for that one year, they wouldn't even have survived it if they didn't have so much insurance money from shit that are being stolen, That's whether it's so being stolen weird. or not. People, I guess it's weird to me to conflate. It's weird to me to conflate the Ten Commandments with laws because you've seen it though right i have okay. it's just because it, it just, they drank it's not kool-aid amanda it just don't make sense like the it doesn't make sense like the laws are not written to protect the people in not the us. way that people think that they are the laws are meant to protect property mm -hmm. if laws were written to protect people then when someone like tells you I'm going to kill you, mm -hmm. there would be some level of like real repercussion for that. And there isn't like people tell you they're going to kill you. And they're like, okay, so write out this piece of, fill out this piece of paper. Nigga told me he's going to kill me this morning. <laughs> like Twitter. There you go. Mm -hmm. I definitely have had that happen on the Instagrams several times. And they're like, well, they didn't say anything else about anybody else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what, what can we do? But I think, um, you know, this is what I, this is what I was getting to for me, my experience, the 
smart girls, the smart people, people that are educated, necessarily getting in trouble, maybe from the suburbs or whatever. It was a lack of common sense. That's what I'll say. I think that's the difference. Oh, yeah. I feel like the girl that Book is smart you, versus street smart. Right. But the book smart girl with common sense, you could come to the dice game, baby. You welcome. You know? Yeah. Because you got good sense. It's the lack but of I common sense. I spent a lot of time in New York. Yeah. I spent a lot of time. I fucked, a, I fucked a couple niggas that played dice games. I mean, I learned how to play CeeLo during Hurricane Sandy because we were stuck in the house. CeeLo. <laughs> and I learned how to make, well, he called it Chi-Chi, which is basically a... <laughs> Are you going to explain what a Chi-Chi is? <laughs> well, tell me if it's... Shut up. <laughs> he was a Philly nigga. Um... Did you do cheese curls with those noodles and sausage, summer sausage? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, it's a delicacy, love. I understand. And you know, they sell that here in bodegas. <laughs> Chichis. I kid you not. Eight dollars, you can get a chichi. You can. Now, but why think, would you but niggas you know eat that? I don't know. That's a that's just like life experience. Yeah. Right? Like I think a lot of people don't have common sense only because they just haven't had life experience. And I mean that on both ends of the spectrum. Like even if you have street smarts, mm. there's still a certain lack of common sense yes. that a lot of motherfuckers have simply yeah. because there's a like there's a narrowed idea of what is there for you and what makes sense to actually like be a part of your wellness. I said this on my Instagram the other day. And I need to say it here because it was life changing for me when my therapist was like, and this is, a, she applied it to my ex, but it's really something for everybody. And she was like, the difference between your ex and the person that you are with now is that the person you're with now makes decisions to make their life better. Mm -hmm. Your ex makes decisions to make himself feel better. Mm -hmm. And like, when you look at that and you apply it to yourself, Right. It helps you really kind of check yourself. Mm. Like, am I doing like the common sense thing? Right. Or am I just doing the thing thing? Right. right. And if you're just doing the make myself feel better, you're just acting off of like whatever feelings you have in your body that are nine times out of 10 informed by whatever experiences you've had. And if you've had a limited amount of experiences, Right, right. Then you don't really have the sense to that. That's why travel is so important. That's why being around people Traveling. that ain't people being around people that ain't your that ain't where you from. Like I can honestly tell you, I spent so much time in hip hop in New York around people that were completely different than what I grew up around in Orlando. Yeah. And it gave me perspective, right? It didn't mean that it changed me like, oh, I'm trying to be like y'all. Right. You know what I'm saying? But it just gave me perspective. And I think a lot Coast of us girls are way different from what you what you grew up around. You don't think I I wasn't, but I think I was born an East Coast girl. Yeah. I think I came out the womb like y'all niggas. Like yeah. that's how I yeah. came into the world. Yeah. And then I had to find my way to my tribe. And I was yeah. like, oh fuck y'all niggas. <laughs> you know, and we no, came when you, together. When you said earlier about us bridging together, I do think that black people, we are a force to be reckoned with. We're together. I think that there's a huge gap with black people and gay people. I think I need that to happen happen um more i think we need to get a little i just think that we will be really i i love my but people a lot amanda it doesn't make sense first of all gay how niggas can, can fight gay niggas can fight so i don't even understand how you building an army and leaving out a whole squadron of folks who are like tough ass niggas listen yeah now yeah. if you buck like what's yeah, up yeah but i also just feel like at the end of the day you know that's some i don't know homophobia is weird to me it I'm, is to me too because i, I, I feel just, like in essence but this is the big thing like why do y'all have time for this but this is the big thing 
I always looked at it like, and I would say this all the time because I really didn't understand it. Like, how can a black person be homophobic when it's in essence the same thing? Somebody hating you for something that you can't control. But the big issue is, is that there's a big amount of black people, old, young, and in between that feel like that it's a choice. And that's where it's, it, it goes. What? Even if it was a choice, so what? Be because if my point isn't the same. So if my point is, how can you as a black person, right? Mm -hmm. And we know about our history here. We know about being discriminated against. People hate us for no other reason than being. Mm -hmm. How can you hate a gay person when it's the exact same thing? They're fucking gay. They have no choice in it. But there's a group of people that feel like they do have a but choice in it. Even if they did have a choice, why do you care? It's not hurting you. Like niggas have choices all day long that make like literally like cisgendered heterosexual people make choices all day long that hurt other black people. I'm cisgender het female. Yes. Cheat with cheese on it. I just <laughs> like I just think at the end of the day, if people are making choices that don't affect your life. Why the fuck do you care? Why do you have time to care? Why do you care how somebody else is come, coming? I don't. I literally. And if you sh if you are a straight person, it's like more, th there's more for you. Like what? Yeah. I just I don't. I aspire to be a lesbian. Logic. This is the logic. You aspire to be lesbian. But let me get people it. think I'm a lesbian because I have bass in my voice. Me too, Amanda. And this is the thing. Not only do I want to be a lesbian, I want to be I say zyke with love. Straight backs. I would wear my strap on all day in jail. The studs. Mm -hmm. They run shit? Not only do they run shit, they wear their dicks at the microwave. You make You're allowed to have the dicks in the jail? That's contraband, nigga. Oh, I don't know. Um, It's against the rules. Adobo. So where do you get the dick from? Is that something that someone puts in your commissary? Take your white go-go boot, pump your brake, and let me break it down to your love. You take pencils. Rubber band them, okay? Then you take maxi pads, rubber band them, okay? You might do some stuffing that you stole out of the mattress because the mattress is as flat as this. There's a bit of stuffing in it. Put that there. A bunch of rubber gloves over, right? There you have a nice good dildo to get jabbed with. You ready? Innovation. Listen, I watched a bitch make a tampon. I took two paper clips and a fucking battery and lit a goddamn joint. Your 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 aunt so is a God, chemist. Nigga. Your aunt was a chemist. Not aunt, nigga, me. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's it, it comes down the family line. Survivor. Um. Either way, those they those zikes would wear their strap at the microwave because clearly, how you gonna know I got this big ass dick if I'm not grabbing it by the mic? Everybody at the microwave because you gotta make your chi. Feel me? Now I'm grabbing this. Yo, you want to split this chi-chi with me? Let me hit you with this strap. Boom, now we in love, nigga. Fascinating. You got a bitch washing your clothes and waxing the flow. But is she protected because she's doing that? Um, In jail, let me tell you, in female jail, the the majority, I say like 85% of the beef, if you're not in an area that's ran by gangs, 85% of the beef is over just lovers. Just It's just lover quarrels. Yeah, for the most part, it's people just manly in love with each other, beefing over. She cheating on her, she not cheating on her, she not getting over attention, blah, blah, blah. You got that, then you got the gamblers, and then, of course, the gangbangers. But for the most part, the beef is over fucking. Can you be in there and not be in any of those? When I was in jail, I, um, I'm um i Muslim by faith, so I did a lot of praying. I like Muslim. I told people how to pray, you know, and I told a lot of jokes. I used to do a really good um, Tina impression. I big, 
left a good job in the city at the top of the tier <laughs> the whole lower tier but watch no, we love I it we love a performer on any stage oh my god that's how i knew prison that mm -hmm. i could do stand up um yeah but no it, you know jail i hate people hate when i say it, but jail it ain't bad there's no bills <laughs> There's no bills. You get chicken on Fridays. You know what I mean? I think maybe you were in a particular jail that wasn't bad because Alabama jails was a doozy. Yikes. It's just about it's just about you. And, you know, like I'm laughing at a funeral. I've always taken my harder times and made them better times. And it's like, I don't think I would do well in jail. I'm a bit of a social butterfly. I think you would get into a lot of debates and I think you would get in a fight first week. I think that you don't understand that I am not getting in a fight. <laughs> Like, have you ever gotten a physical fight in your life? I have only been in one physical fight in my life, mm -hmm. and I won. But I'm fun. I fought a nigga three weeks ago. What? I haven't really Ooh. grew from that just yet. And let me I tell know, you something. I've been threatened to be fought several times. Oh, somebody and it didn't. You. And it didn't happen. Tell because, that bitch to call your cousin Demona. <laughs> because I was, I, tell I was that like, bitch to call your cousin Demona. Why tell would we that fight? bitch. You know why we fight, Amanda? Because we're fucking Americans. I, I hate <laughs> because I hate the whole thing. It's like, oh, black. No, good old Americans. We like to get fucked up. We like to kill shit and take shit, nigga. <laughs> I'm a fucking American. Okay. I feel you, but I'm 100 not 100% full blooded, baby. We had to like park this bitch and throw your hands up. I have too much rage. I have a lot of rage. And you might end up in prison for murder because you I take her get, ears and bang her motherfucking head on the I will get incarcerated. Ooh, 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 ooh. Boom, homicide. I will, I've punched a window out. Look at you, you're sexy. I like that. <laughs> like, I've literally like, bah! like, so... You know, I... My daughter's never been in a fight and she's so mortified by it. And I'm like, I mean, you don't have to fight people. It's not... I Listen, I met people at adults that say they never been in a fight. And I'm like, oh my God, how? But it's because... It's just because of where you're from or where you're raised in the type of situation. And maybe even your um, temperament or whatever. I had to fight. You I didn't had have, to, yes. I didn't have any siblings. I am pale as fuck. I'm from North Philly and no, I you was were alone, in a setting. Bro. Yeah. What? I remember my mom being like, look, you had to fight them bitches and close the door. Like, what you going to do? You can't keep coming in here, you know, talking shit. You know what I mean? Or coming in here crying to me. I can remember fighting, right? And the girl's mother, like me finally getting my heart up to do something. And the girl's mother getting involved. And then me coming to tell my mother. And my mother's like, all right. And she's getting dressed, getting ready for the fight. <laughs> in the middle, I call my grandmother. And I tell her the story. When me and my mother are walking outside, my mother has full sweatsuit on. Uh -huh. She is so serious. We're walking towards, and it's so crazy. Listen, this is hilarious. I talked to my mom now about it. And I remember saying, Mom, I was so scared. And you were so relaxed. She was like, yeah, Damona, I took a volume that day. I never <laughs> took a volume before. <laughs> and I took one to sleep. That's why I was like, whoa, this is a rough day for this, but let's get it going. <laughs> but as we're walking, I kid you not, Amanda, this is a memory etched in my head from eight years old. As we're walking to this lady's house, we're mind to confront this lady. My grandmother pulls up in a Toyota Camry. She parks in one move. Not double back, not looking, nothing. <laughs> she gets out with a small stick. She skips. The lady say, oh, you going to hit me, Bessie? You going to hit me, Bessie? My grandma overhands, whop with the bamboo stick. They get up, throw hands. My grandmother whoops this bitch ass. I'm talking, do -do, I mean, right, left, all that. My, my mother, my grandmother learned how to fight in Joe Frazier's oh, wow. boxing. Um, you know the, the, the gym, gym? in Philadelphia? My grandmother knows how to fight. Uh, two jabbed up, low, uppercut to the body, whooping this bitch ass. I'm screaming, get off my grandma. I'm so traumatic. Get off my grandma. My mother elbows me. 
your grandmother's on her. Shut up. Yeah. And my grandmother's whooping her fucking ass. And then fast forward, we're on a porch and it's a sea of people because that lady was more popular than us. My mother was quiet. All she did was work or whatever. And it's a sea of people and they yelling, why y'all do that door? Why y'all do that there? And my mom's like, she fought my mom one-on-one. And the whole crowd was like, damn. Damn. (laughs) Let this old bitch whoop your ass because her eye was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But when you grow up like that, you have a different, you know, and I purposely by design put my children in the suburbs so it's like no I don't you don't have to fight you don't in the way my daughter feels about it it's so like mommy I I want to beat somebody yeah. you know because when girls come at her like that a girl the other day in school said to her did you say such and such because if you did I was going to crack you and when she told me the story I said oh she, well, what you say back yeah. and she says I told her crack me for yeah. what I didn't even do that oh, so why me, would you crack that's, me that's me and your daughter me and your daughter are the same oh me and your daughter the same. My daughter five eight and she's a fucking punk. That's what I said. That's no, not I'm, a punk. I don't want her to fight, but at the same time, but here's her the thing: saying, I if you said that I was going to crack you, the way I was raised, that's a fucking threat. Crack her. That's just how I came up. You have a visible square around you. That's what my mother didn't raise me. If they come in the square. Sock this bitch before she get you first. That's just, you know, when I think about it, it's like, yo, they raised a psycho. And I, of course, I end up in prison. Although, it's fear. You just want your kid to be able to protect themselves and make it back home while you're doing your double. You but know what I mean? you have to have also, though, the cognition to know okay, when. Um, he keep telling us the time, Mandy, but we ain't stopping. We ain't stopping. <laughs> I stand up. Double time, and No, we're going to wrap it up. Soon. It's like. Amanda Seals, I'm really excited. Everybody here sweating and sleep. We going. We're, we could do this all night. <laughs> I just don't, I think you got to choose, what do they say? Choose your battles. Yeah. That's not a battle to me worth choosing. I mean, it was like, why am I fighting over something I didn't even say? I didn't say that. I'm not going to go, I'm not going down for that. Now, if, you, if I what? did say the shit and you want to fight, well, you know what? Let's hop to it. Yeah. Did you see the TikTok challenge that went viral when they, I hated it so bad. Um, somebody came to fight mommy and they're bringing their son. Yeah. Listen, so I said it to my son, you know what my son said? He, he's bringing his son, mom. I'm like, yeah. He said, call the police. Two of them. Since it's two of them. <laughs> I love Smush. He loves classical music. His favorite movie is the Titanic. He hates rap. I love my son. He's a Capricorn. He's an asshole. But I love him because he's so himself. You know what I mean? Capricorns he's not a Demona fucking clone. Real quick, because we have to go. Will I ever find love? Because I'm on internet all the time talking shit. How honest with yourself are you? Then No. What do you mean, honest with yourself? What are you talking about? About what? Meaning what? Regarding what? Regarding <laughs> like what you trying to say? I'm trying to say how honest with you are you? How honest with you? How honest with yourself are you about your own toxicity? You think you better than me, Amanda? I think you I are. <laughs> trick question. <laughs> no, I do know. I know my because because let me tell you that this love shit is a very humbling experience. Am I right, Trey? It is a very humbling experience, and you got to choose every day to go the route. And I feel like a lot of us strong people. I'm not going to make it just about women. A lot of us strong. Because it's not a gender thing when it comes to the reality that our strength oftentimes informs an ego that does not serve us. People like strong men. Motherfuckers. No, what I'm bitch. trying to say is that what they what we are considering to be strong is actually some fake weak shit. Yeah, it's a facade. It's a facade. Like there's confidence and there's arrogance. Yeah. Confidence is on is based on real shit. Arrogance is some fake shit. And I mm-hmm. think a lot of us are 
first of all, a lot of us have never experienced real love. Okay. So we don't even know how to recognize it when it's happening. And then a lot of us really, truly are not honest with ourselves. We are not. We will tell ourselves that like we identify these flaws about ourselves and we accept these flaws. Well, guess what? Like great, good for fucking you that you accepted the flaws. Are you going to do anything about them or what? Because the accepting thing, I'm going to tell you an epiphany I had the other day. So, you know, you get into this relationship and it's finally like healthy in the sense that both parties want the best for each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the healthy part. Now, do do both parties have the tools? That's its own. (laughs) That's its own process. But there's at least the foundation of like we want the best for ourselves individually and we want the best for ourselves together. So that's that. Right. But then. You think. I found this person that I can be my complete self with. I can be my whole self with. And that's a beautiful thing. But baby, not all parts of you are good. Not all parts of you are advanced. Not all parts of you are healthy. So what happens sometimes is you get overcomfortable in the we're showing our whole selves shit. And you start letting them shits out. You start letting that toxicity out. And you kind of like make it like. You, you trick yourself into thinking that the, it's healthy that I get to be all parts of myself in this relationship mm. and the person stays with me. Mm. But really, that's some fucked up thinking because your toxicity ain't good for you and it ain't good for him and it ain't good for or for whoever you're with and it ain't good for the scenario. And it's only your responsibility to check that shit. Mm. And I think a lot of us don't really allow ourselves to be honest with ourselves enough to say, I'm not checking my toxicity Mm. and I'm thinking that the healthy part of this relationship is me getting to be toxic and still be loved. And the only person who's going to unconditionally love you is your mother. Mm. There should be no expectation for someone else to unconditionally love you in that way. Bullshit. Love has conditions, Mm. you know, and it's not like, you know, you gained weight or you had a health issue or that's different. But when we choose to let these dark parts of ourselves find their way into something that's supposed to be light, we are being irresponsible. And I think a lot of us don't hold ourselves accountable for that in these relationships. And I know for a fact that I have not done that. And I've had to like really get real with myself that that's something that I need to like bone up on yeah realizing that like wanting a good man or wanting a good situation and you might not be well like ready for that like i have i came up in a time where if you didn't have a boyfriend or you didn't have a nigga something was wrong with you you mean 2022 (laughs) what time was that because because that because that i'm still getting dms that say you a bitter bitch don't nobody want you yeah. You a single bitter bitch. Mm. And I'm like, look at me and my man and my dog. Like, because but I still feel compelled to have to say like, well, see, this nigga loves 
hates me. Yeah. When yeah. really it's like, fuck you. Right, right. But I, I feel like the younger girls, and shout out to you young whores, that y'all do a really good job of like being single and glowing and working on you and getting healthy yeah. and caring about yourself and making sure you love yourself first. I didn't come up in a time like that. No, I came up in a time I where know. you had the nigga, you had to get the nigga, you paraded him around. And if yes. you didn't parade him around, you purposely made sure his fucking head was in the background of the picture to let these bitches know, I don't need a nigga because I got a nigga, even if you had a completely empty relationship. I was in a relationship for seven or eight years, nothing. We didn't even fuck. But we did all the appearances. We did everything. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? We did it. What and was it, he getting out of that? I think, dare I say it, I think that he wanted to be married to a light-skinned girl. Mm. I think he wanted, um, I think he wanted light-skinned children. Mm. I think he wanted a girl with a fat ass. And I think he, wa I think that he liked the coolness of me. Like I think that he thought that I was cool, and I think that he was attracted by the the really negative street side of me. You know what I mean? I think okay. that he, I think that I was like his past to finally be a thug a little bit. Where'd you find yeah. this guy? We met in high school. He sounds like a C band. And then we years later we reunited because we had like a crush on each other in school. And but then, you do understand now that he's a cornball ass nigga. Nigga, he's a Virgo. Like I would rather eat. <laughs> A doo doo stew. Because first I said to eat a sand sandwich. Sand I sandwich. like a Virgo. A Virgo man. Cancer Virgos are, well, I don't know a lot of Virgo men, but Cancer Virgo is supposed to be like very. Phelps hates that we talk about. Look at Phelps. He's dying. He hates the sign conversation. He doesn't believe in it, even though he's the most Taurus Taurus I've ever met. He's a complete That's part bull. of him hating it though. Like Taurus. Exactly. So fucking anti. So on brand. This is my plan. Once I get like rich, rich, me and Phelps will fuck on a bed of $100,000 and then we'll be together forever. How do you feel about that? We'll see. <laughs> I love you. We'll see. I, I will say that does sound very unsanitary. Yeah. Um, what the fuck on the money for? Yeah, because the money is very dirty. That's so corny. It's, Stop it. It's I'm just it's I don't want you to get a yeast infection from the dollars. Fuck the uh, yeast infection. It's a hundred thousand dollars, Amanda. <laughs> you say it, you think it now. And then, then when you get there, shrooms. when you get there, you're gonna look at the money and you're gonna hear me in your head and you're gonna be like, She fucked it up for me. Damn. Have you done shrooms yet? I don't do drugs. Oh, I'm this afraid. Is boring. Let's wrap this shit up. Um, <laughs> I'm listen, afraid of that shit. Did you enjoy yourself a lot here? I did. I would have liked us to have some more jovial conversations because I feel like we were very serious. And I you're like a, a very... fucking joke to you, Amanda. No, but you have good jokes. I am a joke. I love to joke. People always have the serious conversations with me. Like Gilly and them wouldn't even let me on a podcast because they were like, "You're too serious." There's so many things I could say about that, but I won't. I love Wallow. Um, you know, I started. That's why my first, I, I mm -hmm. did podcast. And then like two months later, I was on that podcast, which was like at the time, the biggest music podcast in the country. Yeah. I sat between two bald head niggas debating and, and arguing about stuff. Like I remember me and Gilly had a debate about um, stay at home moms because I think he said, and I quote, are lazy whores and being a stay at home a mom doesn't okay. count as a job because uh. you have to take care of your fucking kids because that's your duty from God. And the least you could do is get a fucking job. You lazy fucking bum. Woo that's a, that's, that's quite Shout a, out to Gilly. I sent you the clip. Quite a stance. Um, well, listen, we have a, uh, 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 I have so many more questions. We don't have time. Invite me on your show so we can talk more. Well, can we do one more question that I don't have to be so serious? Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. Um, I'm just a very intense person. Let me think. Um, 
Let me think. Okay, because we did have a conversation about dating thugs, like dating street niggas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Tell me your most memorable situation with dating a street guy. Funniest, craziest, wildest night or whatever. Talk about naive, Amanda, like your first thug nigga. Uh, <laughs> um, being in a car and I pressed a button thinking I was turning down the radio mm. and I was actually stash. opening a stash box. Was <laughs> it a pistol in it? It was it was actually empty and I was oh, like, is this a this for? <laughs> I was like, is this an ashtray? Babe, I think your radio's broken. <laughs> he was like, Don't touch shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I actually, you know, have listened I've listened to a lot of rap. Yeah. I've listened to a lot of rap. So I've yeah. actually been more savvy than I thought. I remember at one point in time, time. Yeah, yeah, like I remember at one point in time talking to a dude and he was like, yeah, I'm about to go over here and do this thing. And we were on the phone and he was like, ooh, wait, I just, a police van just pulled up. And I was like, they're about to raid wherever you're going. And he was like, no, I don't think so. And I was like, pretty sure that's what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a locks, a locks record that I've heard. <laughs> and That's hilarious, Amanda. Guess what? They got raided. And he would have been... Under the jail. Wow, you saved that nigga. My little suburban square non-shrooms. Captain save a nigga. Captain, well, baby, I should have a whole NAACP award dedicated to me for the amount. We had such a good conversation before the show started, but y'all can't get none of that. No. But people think I hate black men. Like, that's like a real, like, narrative on the internet. Um, They love to say it. They love it. They come at me. They're like, Amanda Seals hates black men. She hates black men. I'm like, I... I don't know why y'all I've think I've never that. dated outside my race I really am interested in. I used to, the guy you described earlier, that used to be my dream man. A man that had lived a certain type of life, maybe even went to jail, did some jail time, got out of jail, became his own business, you know, self-entrepreneur, mm-hmm. uh, uh, got some successes in that by taking all of the things that he learned on the street and applying them to You know um, you're still young, right? Legal, I guess. The thing about it is, is that, Street people, right? Let's just say a drug dealer. Okay, you are doing your own advertising. <laughs> you're doing your own. You're you're doing your own financial skills. stuff. Yes, you're your own security. Yes, right. I mean, it's it's a lot. So you can kind of take those skills and move them to something Absolutely. different. I definitely brought some street ethics to this internet shit. I used to say, because it was kind of crazy. I went from obscurity to now I'm sitting with famous people. I'm working with famous people. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And, you know, people would say, are you scared of the industry? Because there is a lot of people that don't have any ties to the industry that believe in the Illuminati. People really think that you sell your soul. And Listen, Illuminati people, DM'd me the other day. And I, I said I, to I, them... Right, right, right. You got the Illuminati DM. Listen, and I said to them, I'm like, look, I will give you my baby father. I keep <laughs> offering them my baby father. They won't take him. Cause the, and it's so sad, Dre, the last Illuminati guy that DM me, he left me on scene. I'm such a loser. That is so fucked up. Either way, um, but that used to be like my dream guy. You know what I mean? Like that. But now I don't. I dream of having the kind of guy that doesn't know anything about where I'm from. And I don't know anything about where he's from. And then we learn each other and then we fall in love and then we run off to the sunset. All he has to do is eat my butt, Dre. Other than that, there's no like... I don't want nobody eating. I can't... I don't know how y'all do it. Wrap this up. This is going... This shit going crazy now. What are you talking about? I just... I'm not... Cut her mic. Cut it. (laughs) I'm not in the booty eating game. And you're not getting your butt ate. No. 
So you never licked a nigga ass. And if you found your drink, okay, your, your man right now, shout out to him. He's shout amazing. out to him. He's I love amazing. Him. So we talked about him for so long today. Um, Him, right? Everything's going great. He's perfect. Y'all about to get married. He says, look, babe, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about doing something wild. Could you lick my ass? You're not. No. Yeah, you're a little kid. So, um, <laughs> I, what, what, else, what is it about the booty eat? Listen, I came into the world. First of all, I've always had a big ass. So, having a big butt, always a guy like bite your butt cheek or kiss your butt. It's always like a thing or whatever. But, the first time I got my ass ate, the whole thing was like, okay, he eat my ass. It's like an ego thing. He's eating my ass. But now it's a requirement. In fact, if you don't eat this ass, you can't get none of this pussy. Ugh. Nigga. Listen, we all have our wants. Yeah. I. Mm. But you have tried it and you don't like it. I have had... Um, I have had a... There, there has been an ass eat that started to take place. Okay. <laughs> it was actually by a Philly nigga, actually, and I think it's gonna eat your ass. They're gonna buy you a cheesesteak. They're gonna eat your ass. This is all I, I, and for Love the sake, and man. for the sake of experience, I was like, okay, you know, let's let's just see how this take your brain out of it. You think it's too much about it. I just didn't lie. Well, yeah, because shit comes out of it. So I am and thinking then, about hey, it. Hey, shit comes out of there. A real team player, right after each <laughs> ass, you gonna give him a good. That's what you gonna do. That is so, like There's you said. Nothing it, better but than you said that it makes your pussy throw. wet, and it literally makes my pussy like constrict. It like runs away. It's like like it went. It it enveloped on itself because you need to grow up, huh? Well, I'm an old bitch. You are so mature. This conversation has <laughs> just gotten to the tubes. I thought I liked you. Um, Ooh, I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of it. You're exactly in the position of getting your ass licked perfectly. <laughs> it's the diaper change position. I just don't. Mm. Wow. So look, this I don't want to get too much in your business. Bowling ball. Do you like a bowling ball? I don't know what. Okay. When you have a when you have a bowling ball, you got that thumb in the ball. You yeah. I'm right? not, I don't want nothing going on with my ass. I mean, and maybe part of it is because Drake, I have a cut this. Let's just wrap it up. <laughs> it's not going right. What is she talking about? Gary? I think it's because you said you bit. You have a. You said you have a fat ass, and I have a proportional it matter. ass. It doesn't matter. Listen, there's. A I've plan. experienced the bowling ball, okay. and it wasn't a strike. Damn. It wasn't. It wasn't a so strike. So the anal is totally off the table. Ah! No. Also, like what? No, dicks are big. I don't. I, I prefer smaller penises. Interesting. I'm somebody that if I meet a guy, mm. I ask for dick pics. I'm big on that. In okay. fact, the guy that gave me PTSD, I'm like, yo, let me see your dick because he was so tall. But how what how were his hands? What was the size of his, his hands? His hands were pretty sizey too, and like most tall guys or whatever. Because I've I've had a tall nigga with small hands, and let me tell you, it was interesting how the proportions add up. If your penis is bigger than like eight inches, seven and a half, I'm not That's fucking uncomfortable. you. You're going to rearrange furniture. Yeah, I don't. I prefer an average size penis, which is six inches, five inches. I'm fine. I'm a girth girl. If you're very short, but you're stocky, we good. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, there's, uh, it's a whole experience. I mean, I've experienced the parking a hot dog in a hallway situation. Yes. And that's, that's just, it makes you question yourself. Yes. Because you're like, am I, you know what I mean? You're like, like have I been? <laughs> 
Like, am I out here in the cavern? What? Yeah, no, I've definitely. And you know what's rough about that is like every sexual position you get into, the dick keeps sliding out, and then you're blaming me. Yeah, you're You're blaming me. You know what I didn't realize for a long time? What? I, okay, I didn't know I was supposed to be faking the orgasm. I did not know that. Like, legit, okay, so let me just say. So what do you just sit there quietly? I mean, no, I'm, uh, uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing. I'm, but you have to fake the finish so we can wrap it up. I did not know that. So like, I didn't understand that niggas was mad because I wasn't achieving That's, the climax. I did not know that. And then the this one nigga I dated was like. <sighs> I hate this bitch. And I was like, why? Because I was having a good time. Yeah. I was having a good time. You hitting yeah. the walls. Yeah. I was having a good time. Yeah. And he was like, you just never finish. And I was like, but you finish. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, but you're not, you're not signaling the accomplishment. Wrap it up. But I literally had no idea. Like no one taught me this. He was like, you're not signaling the accomplishment. And it just makes me feel like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, but I'm, I'm, I'm like, right. I'm, I'm no, sure. you have to have the final. Ugh. I did not know. Well, but I, uh, you know what? I'm a why, pro, why aren't I having the final? Right. And yeah. it wasn't until I had a dude who really, um, you know, how do I put this? He was broke. And so his, <laughs> and so I think that in his mind, he was like, what? I can't give financially. So I'm going to give Listen, vaginally. Ain't nobody going to fuck you like a nigga need a place to <laughs> stay, nigga. And, but he like unlocked the, the two, like, it was ass. like he solved, he solved the Da Vinci code. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Oh, I ones. can I can do this, but I really did not know. The bleaker the future, the better that dick is. I had a nigga get up out of me before. And just like in the middle, like we're bop, 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 and like he just got up and was like, I mean, you ain't gonna come anyway, so what's the point? And like he like Y'all know who you, you y'all know him too. And he um <laughs> and he just like went in the next like he like went across the hall and like went and played video games with his homeboy. And I was just laying there like a trout. You don't know how many I don't think I don't think men and I have conversations with my boys all the time. I don't think men understand how many women they just don't come. But we they, also didn't know our bodies. Like yeah, we're we not don't, first of all it is not. You ever squirted on a nigga and he acted like he was drowning? I've squirted twice and I'm still not convinced about it. Like, it's just a weird thing. The guy I squirted with couldn't really fuck. So it was very strange that I squirted with him. It's only happened with him. But I did see it and he see it, so, saw it. So I know it happened. But I'm still very, like, I tussle with the squirt thing. The it's first weird. time I squirted with somebody, he literally was like. <laughs> and it was. It was PTSD. Yeah. I don't know. Listen, I that's again, that's why the lesbians look really happy. Them bitches coming. I'm going, I'm coming. But they're doing anatomy. I'm coming, Brenda. Y'all are doing anatomy classes. I'm coming. They have a special understanding of all the holes and the intricacies of things. So listen, but, you ever see two bitches scissor? I'm I have. send you a vid. Look, I have. It ain't no way that's not fun. It ain't <laughs> no way that's not fun. I'm with that shit. Listen, um, we have to wrap it up. Yes. Dre said, and I quote, I wish you bitches shut the fuck up. She texted. Um, okay. We have a segment Got on the it. podcast called The Dark Side of the DM. Yep. Would you like to share a DM or do you want me to share mine? Share yours. All right. Um, I show Amanda mine already. 
And this is dated. This is Monday, 855 in the morning. Greetings. I'm a member of the great Illuminati. Then there is three upside down red triangles because that's the secret. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You want to. You want to know the light, dot, 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 dot. First of all, money is not a problem for us. Come to us today and get rid of wealth, fame, power, and knowledge. It says get rid of. I think they made that backwards. Um, first membership benefits of $500,000 USD. If interested, reply yes. Um, and then I said, please take blank first and then chuck. Here, do you want to read? I really did. That's what I said. And they left me on scene. Yeah, so I mean, do you get? That. Is there a point system? Oh, one know? more, one more. Um, <laughs> listen. Um, so I got a big problem. I'm single, and first things first, I'm young and I'm doing me. I fuck with this dude. I really like him because he's everything I want in a man. Because our lifestyles, we aren't really in a relationship. Because of our lifestyles, we what aren't in a relationship. Lifestyles. That's some shit that he told her, yeah. and she bought it. Yeah, you definitely <laughs> bought that. Like it's how far. Baby, with me working in the ticket booth down here, I can't possibly, you know, settle down because you never being, know who I'm going to sell a, a ticket a promoter, to. you know, and doing nightlife. I mean, I got come to be on able now. I got to really get maneuver. You never know if I do a party across town. Shit, never know because, so you know, one type of thing of my nigga like me. I don't want to lie to you because I love you. Okay, so I met this dude. He's fine and we fine and we kicking. He tell me that. Um, him and old dude got major beef and do I know him? I told him I do know him and eventually I told him I was fucking with dude. So basically she meets this guy's op. Okay, but they're not in a relationship, but they like each other, whatever. Okay, he was upset at first, but now I feel bad because the other guy is still a little bit in the picture. I don't know how to shake this guy. We're all in our 20s, so we definitely have time to figure things out, but I don't know what to do. I honestly like both of them, but I might like the main dude more. He doesn't know anything, but if he finds out he's going to tell old boy, we definitely still in tune. LOL, this shit is real. It's not that real. It's like not a big deal. They're both losers. Just move on. <laughs> you know what a nigga told me one time? What? When I was having one of these like, you know, oh, I don't know what to do. He was like, he not special. Yeah, right. <laughs> and and I it's was so like, crazy. <laughs> Bitch, in a couple years, he will be a faint memory. Like all the niggas that I be, thought that were like, oh my I don't even remember gosh. this nigga's name. If they're Only in I a journal. how good he ate my ass. I don't have those memories. But um, it's in my journal. Okay. I feel you. Listen, one more, last one. Okay. Mona, I love you. I just need advice. My dad has been an alcoholic my whole life. I was raised by his Damn. mother. Him and my mother both were in and out of my life. In 2013, my mom passed. I'm 32. My dad is in his late 50s. Since the age of 45, my dad has went back to school, changed his whole life around, stopped drinking, and now he's making close to 80 to 90K per year. Why he gives me matter? such, I don't know. Oh, well, no, the question. He gives me such a hard time whenever I need him for financial help. Am I wrong for feeling like he should make sure I'm good for the time that he wasn't there? Or has the money boat sell since I'm grown and I'm 32 years old? <laughs> um, thank you. Sorry as long I had to provide a backstory. I am grown. And I just need to know for honorary mention, you know what? this is a man. Interesting. It's a good job, right? You know what, I've though? gotten this a lot, just to let y'all know. I've gotten a lot where people's parents, they just found them or they yeah. just met them. And and it's so crazy. It's like instantaneously give me money. It's always. But I will say the parent is always in a good financial, what they consider a good financial situation. It's never like, oh, just give me money. It's a good. But I can recall. Give as me a, money to do what, though? The fuck off, Amanda. I, um... I, I can't. This is what I will say. My father never helped my mother. My mother never went for child support. Just something that she didn't do. Um, 
I remember around like the 18, 19, that part where you think you grown, but you really ain't grown. You kind of kid, Absolutely. but you're not a kid, but you want to be grown. Sometimes I would call him for money. I remember calling him because I wanted to go to community college and it was like, and my mother was paying for it. My mother paid for everything, but I wanted him to help. And he was like, nigga, I, nigga, you paid your way through high school. I ain't wasting my money, motherfucker. And I'm like, fuck you, nigga, fuck you. And we arguing. And then I told him and I quote, I'll shoot you in the back of your curly ass head. Okay. And I hurry up and left before he got there because he told me he was going to punch me in my face. Me and my father had a rocky relationship. I mean, my father, sophomore year of college, I was like trying to like, like make amends with him or whatever the fuck. And uh, my mom had like misread the the enrollment, like for the registration thing. And it turned out that like I needed to come up with $3,000 in order to register or else I like within two days or else wow. I could not go back to school. Yeah. And uh, I was on the phone with my mom. My, I was on the phone with my dad. And I was like, you know, this is what's going on. And again, we're trying to mend our relationship. And I was like, this is what's going on. And he said, so what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, what are you going to do? Yeah. And he, and this is a man who went to Harvard. Wow, this is the man who went to Tufts. This is a man who went to UPenn. Wow. This is not like somebody who doesn't understand the value of education. He's incredibly selfish. Like, though. oh, next level. And, uh, What's the sign? He, ugh. What is it? Gemini. Oh, he's a fucking demon. He's a demon. He's a yeah. demon. Wow, go ahead. And so, mom, but, you know, I say all that to say that it don't matter where they come from. Mm -hmm. A narcissist is going to be a narcissist. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I think when you tell when you talk about your dad, me and my dad had similar interactions just without the same language. Right, right, but it was right. the same, same sentiment. Shit. Yeah, baby but I want to just say this before Dre stops us. Yeah, fuck that. Step on Dre. I do just want to say this. I do think as black folks, part of our really getting to the core of increasing our legacy mm -hmm. is also understanding that we do have to help our kids along mm -hmm. and like these white folks like they really that's be they do dog. They, they really be doing that and yeah, we nigga. Well, we that's our goal we be like nah fuck that mine, like mine, mine. i struggle get it you nigga. struggle and yeah. i know that there's a love part to that that says like i want you to get strong nah, but i will that. tell you there is something that's also strength building in having support. Right. And I want to see us do that. I want to see us have trusts. I want us to see us have trust funds. And yeah. people need to understand that you do not need to be rich to have a trust. Yes. It, there, are, there are pro bono agencies that will create trust for black folks. Mm -hmm. So it's not even about that. But I think when I hear that story and you say there's so many stories like that, like... A lot of people really do need money. Yeah, <laughs> like, and you, I know that there was a time in my early 30s where I did not have it mm. and I needed some help to get over the hump. Nigga, I'm here now, but go ahead. Well, you just need some help to get over the hump. It's not like I just want it so I can sit on my fucking ass. Right. I need it so I can have some peace of mind to get to 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 not be fucking scrambling for this money while I'm trying to figure out how to create this like life for myself. Cash at me here for my peace of mind. There you go. Um, this has been fun. Listen, love you lots. Make sure I come to your show. Make sure you come back here. Yes. You are so smart and you're beautiful. Ditto. And you look really, really young. Thanks. And you're not six foot like I thought you I'm would five, be. I'm 5'6". But your brain is so big. It's just beautiful. I love you. I appreciate you coming. And Thanks, I would like nice. another hug, even though you're not a hugger. I appreciate um, you knowing I'm not a hugger. Give me this. Um, we also manifest things. What are you manifesting for this year or for next year? What are you bringing into your life? What are you welcoming into your life for next year? I'm welcoming into my life.
ooh, I'm welcoming into my life peace mm. in my relationship, in my business. Peace and flowing movement. I think I've had a lot of like, I'm hitting walls, I'm hitting walls, and I don't want it anymore. I really want to just break down the dams and create a stream of fortuitousness. Oh, I know you'll get everything you want and more. Hey, Dre, you can cut this part out, but... <laughs>